0: Well, man, it's almost like springtime out, right? It's Groundhog Day. You guys know that. Uh, And we heard that Phil came out, actually did not see his shadow. Um, So that means we're ready for an early spring. I I think it's starting today, right? Man, 60 degrees. How fun is that? But now, don't get too excited because I also learned that Phil is wrong 60% of the time. It's like... Really? Come on! How 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 can that be right? So he's been doing that since 1980. Well, not the same one. Um, 17? No. 1890 is when he started. It's not the same. It's not the same one, of course. You know, <laughs> they have they've had some new ones. But since that time period, they've been doing him coming out, seeing or not seeing his shadow. He didn't see it today. And so they proclaim it's going to be an early spring. We'll just wait and see. Boy, today's going to feel like it. And I'm glad you're here because it's already feeling like it in this place. And that's exciting. We've been talking about relationships and how important relationships are in life. Today, our focus is relationship at the workplace, where you work. What does that look like for you? And there are a couple of things I want to say about it before we get into a passage of Scripture that I think that will give us some insight to it. But I think one of the things that we really need to recognize are just some of the fact that the, the place that you work is a great field for mission. It's a great place where you can be on mission for Christ and who Christ is in your life. Because of the field that you're in. Now, all of us are doing different things. You're in different places, different locations, different jobs, all over southern Indiana, all over Louisville area, all over the place, right? And so we have the opportunity to recognize that where we are is a field of ministry, a field of mission, mission even more than ministry, because there are people around you who need to hear your story about how Christ is impacted and or has impacted and is impacting your life. So that mission field has to be something that you begin to think about, okay? So if you're gonna think about the fact that where you work is a mission field, then you have to back up one step to the foundational piece to understand that God has placed you there for purpose, right? Now, a lot of times we really think in the place of we work as we were able to go to college and we were able to get a job or we were able to get this degree and it places in this place or we got this job out of high school or we had this transition where we changed from one job to another. And so we've got this job that we have worked hard to get, that we have paid the price to, that we have done well in. And those are all really good things to be able to do. But it could well be that we are in the place that we are in our jobs, all of us in this room, in the place that we are in our neighborhoods, in our homes, of where we are, find ourselves at work, not simply because of our strong training or our simple backgrounds or all we've done. Now, that's a part of that. But God uses all those things in order to put us where he believes we need to be. Now, that's a foundational thinking thing that might have to shift in our minds, right? Because if we're going to think foundationally that we are working and we are at the place that God has placed us, not because it's our desire or because we wanted to make that transition, but that God was in that and God is in where you work, it changes then how you see those people around you. It changes how you begin to see where we are in our vocation, where we are in our place, in our location. There are some people. I had a friend this week who had applied for a new job, and she was very, very frustrated. I've been praying with her about this. She'd been in this company for nine years, and the new job came open inside the company, and she had applied for the job, and she was hoping for a transfer, uh, and she didn't get it. The interview came. She got the interview. She thought she did a great interview, and she, like I said, she'd been in this company for nine and a half years. She really thought she was just she was going to be able to make the transition. But this week they told her, no, she didn't get the job. And they were actually going to go outside the company and find a person to replace the position that she wanted. Well, she was really frustrated about that. We had some traffic back and forth through just a Facebook messenger, actually. She lives in another state and we were talking about it. And so I said to her, because I'd been working on this message, I said to her, you know, just think God may have you where you are because that's where he needs you the most. That's where he wants you to be. And we begin to talk about what that means from the transition of saying, this is what I want, this is where I think I should be, to where this is where God has placed me. And after uh, several messages, she began to change, and even her attitude, I could just sense the change in her, and she began to say, well, yes, I got to change my thinking about that. So who who around me needs to hear the gospel because I'm in this place? And they obviously aren't going to move me, and I could be bitter, and I could be frustrated, and I could be hurt over that, but it may well be this is exactly where God wants me. And I affirmed that. I said, it is. It is exactly where God wants you or God would work in your life because she is being faithful and she is being obedient and she's desiring to do what God wants her to do. She was just trying to to make a a move and, and make a little bit more finances. She was just doing the right thing. So I affirmed her. I said, where you are is where God wants you to be. Now, that's a foundational change that might have to occur in our lives. Because if we begin to think that way, foundationally God has placed me here, and this is my field of ministry, this is my field of mission, then in the middle of that, we begin to take on the freedom of being able to share Christ in those places and care about people at a different level. Because if we don't think God put us there, or we don't think God has put us in this place, or we don't think God is preparing us for something, we think it's about us, then it changes everything. Because then when we have the freedom to know that God places us there, we trust that. God. We then trust God in a whole different level. I would say that to our students here in the room today, whether they're in, in college or in high school or in seminary or in graduate school, wherever they might be, the whole understanding is when you are having people ask that question, well, what are you going to do when you get out of high school? Or what are you going to do when you get out of college? Or what are you going to do when you get out of grad school? Whatever those are, the answer is going to be foundationally for you, Where we're going to be praying about where God wants us to be. Now, that's hard sometimes because we're planning and our parents are pushing us and we're saying, you need to do this or you need to do this or you need to make this amount of money or you need to do this, but it could well be. That's not what God has in store. God has in store for you to be the place where he wants you to be so that you're in the field where he wants you to be so that you have the freedom in order to share the gospel, in order to care about people that they might hear about Christ, how Christ has impacted your life, and how Christ is impacting your life. Now, I say all of that to say that that really is a shift in our minds. It really is a shift for us because what we're doing now is we're saying, where does God want us to be? How does God want us to live our lives in the workplace? Is my work about how I make money or how I succeed or how I climb the corporate ladder? Or is my work about who Christ is and what Christ wants to do through me in that place? It really does change our thinking. And it's not something that's easy to change because in our culture, in our world, in our families, we think in terms of what am I going to do? How am I going to get more money? How is that going to be? Where am I going to decide that I'm going to go to work? Where am I going to decide that I want to be? Yet, foundationally, if we believe that the Lord is in charge of our lives, if we believe that he is the one who is directing our paths, he is the one who is guiding us, then it would just stand to reason that very foundationally, we would say, Lord, you are at work. You place us here. You put us in this place. What is my purpose when I'm in that place, and what do I do? I've chosen a scripture that we want to look at just for a moment today, just one passage, uh, well, maybe two, that comes from Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 is in the context of relationships, and Paul, writing to the church in Corinth about a number of things about relationships, make this statement about work and what it looks like what we are working for and how we're doing it. Just a, a simple statement that we'll read this one verse. Not, uh, our, my desire is not to take it out of the context of his writing, but take it and make application to us today out of this text. Because there's a, there's a lot inside the relational context that Paul is talking about in Colossians chapter 3. But I want to I just look at this one part in chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, when he gives us specifics about work. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Now, the context, Paul is talking to those who are enslaved. But in reality, it's talking to those of us who are working in our workplaces, in our field of work that we do in order to do as employees what our employer might ask. So whatever you do, he says, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters, since you know that you will, uh, going back to that passage, since you know that you will be able to understand who he is, that you know, where am I? I lost that. Whatever you do, do it for the Lord, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. So that reward that's coming to you, that understanding of who he is in us and what's happening in us is very, very important. So let's just look at this passage just for a couple of minutes and see what it says to us, right? He tells us in this passage, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. So if we're talking about an understanding of obedience and being a mission in the workplace, and that really is the point of today's message, how we obedient in the workplace, if we understand the foundation and the fact that that's the place that he's put us, and we have the freedom then to share the gospel, right? So how are we obedient? First of all, he talks about in this passage, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. The idea of work becomes important, and In obedience, then, we become obedient with all our actions. Actions is the first word we want to look at today. A mission in the workplace means that we are obedient with all of our actions. Everything that we're doing, everything that we're talking about, all the things that we are doing at work has to honor the Lord. It has to be about obedience to the mission because of the actions of our lives. Now, it's easy today to be able to evaluate what we're talking about, right? It's easy today to evaluate what's being said because you can look at your actions in the workplace and you can say, are my actions then honoring to the Lord? Are they actions that people see and recognize? And when I talk about Christ, when I talk about the impact of who Christ is in my life, my actions are going to always relate to what I say. There's going to be a correlation between those. You're not going to hear people in your workplace say to you, well, you said this, but man, we sure don't see, we don't see that in what you do. And that's what I'm talking about here. And that's what, what's what Paul is saying, that the works of our life, what we're doing is the fact that we're obedient then with all of our actions. Whatever you do, work at it. Work is a key word. Work is so important in what we do. So he goes on to say, whatever you do, work at it with your whole heart. The second word that we would talk about in this obedience is an understanding uh, that we're going to be obedient with a right heart attitude. Our hearts are going to be right in our lives, as he tells us here, with all of our hearts, which really has to do with our attitude. How do we respond? I gave the illustration of my friend this week that I talked to. And her attitude, as she admitted, uh, her attitude was not stellar. She was frustrated. She was getting bitter over this situation. She was now frustrated with a person who had been her boss for a number of years that she had dearly loved. But because of this change, all of a sudden, her frustration and her bitterness began to change her attitude. Now, you you might know what that's like. You, You might have experienced the same thing. Maybe many of us have. So it's the right heart that begins to say, I have to have the right attitude where God has placed me. How am I going to have the right attitude? Well, I have the right attitude because I realize that God has placed me there. I realize that I have the freedom then to do ministry and do missions. Because if something happens, if I don't get the job that I wanted, then it's because God has me there for greater purpose that is his purpose. So he says in this passage very clearly to us, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. It has to do with heart attitude. The next thing he says, as working for the Lord. You see, in this is the understanding that uh, the, another word that I would use is the obedience to honor God's authority in our life. We are working where we are, not on our own accord, not on our own authority, but because the Lord has placed us there. And so therefore, because of that, we honor God's authority. We honor what God has said to us. We honor what God is doing in our life. And in our actions and with our attitude, it's going to honor God. It's going to honor Christ. When we say that we are believers in the workplace and we talk about that in the workplace, our actions then have to somehow imitate what we talk about. Our attitude has to be connected to that. But our honoring God is a huge part of that. Because what we say, what we do is going to focus on who Christ is in our life. So God's authority becomes vital to us. That means the decisions we make in the workplace, the things that we talk about in the workplace, the reactions that we have in the workplace, all those come out as we have obedience toward honoring the authority of God in what we're doing He goes on to say, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Now, here's a big shift right here in this verse, but it's a shift of what we've been talking about. It's a shift of being able to say that we are being obedient in our mission to the Lord's attention, to what the Lord wants to do in us and through us at that location, in the job that he has placed us in. It's not there. We're not there because we have just decided to be there. We're there because the Lord's attention is on our life. Students, that's the same way at school. You, you think sometimes that you're in a classroom because many have to be in that class, or you're sitting beside of this person because you have to sit beside this person because your name's alphabetical, or whatever it might be. But may it well be that God has placed you there because the students around you need to hear about Christ. They need to see an authentic believer in their midst who has their attention not on the things of the world, not on culture, but has their attention on what God may want in their life and how the Spirit might be working in you. I think, it's, I think it changes their whole thinking process because all of a sudden the attention is not on what I want, what I desire, but it, the attention is on what the Lord wants to do through you in that classroom, in that space, in that place where he puts you and has you right there. Going on in this passage, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance. Man, your awareness of that, your awareness of the fact that God is working through you allows you to care for the people around you in an entirely different way. What do I mean? Well, it's simple as this. As a believer, as a follower of Christ... I believe that the vast majority of us would say, we're going to have this reward in heaven. We're going to have an inheritance. Yet you know that the people that you work with, those around you, many of those are not followers of Christ. Many of those, if they were to die today, would spend eternity in hell, not in heaven. They would spend eternity away from God instead of with God. And that very fact would that very fact that we're aware of that should lead us to a level of caring for those around us like no other thing could. It leads us to an understanding that our responsibility, if God indeed has placed us in that place, if we're there because God wants us in that place and we have the freedom to be able to speak about that because we believe God has put us there, if that be the case, then the awareness of our own inheritance allows us to care for people in a greater way. It allows us to love them, even when sometimes they are unlovable. It allows us to care for them, even when sometimes when they irritate you, or obnoxious, or have stepped on you in order to climb the ladder. Because see, their foundation is different. They're not thinking I'm in this place because God has put me here. They're thinking I'm in this place in order to move up. And if I have to do something to someone else in order to move up, that's okay. Now, we would say they shouldn't think like that. But I would say to us, they're just thinking like a normal person would think. Because if they don't have Jesus in their life, how else would they think? But for us, we have Christ. And because we have the Lord's attention that we are focused on, his authority that we're living under, we're aware then of our own inheritance and our own reward that we're going to have. And it changes everything. And then at the very end of this passage, he says in verse 23 up 4, I'll read that again. Since you know that you received an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. From the Lord as a reward. Obedience on our mission is in our accountability. We are accountable for the things that we have even talked about today. We are accountable for our actions. We are accountable for our attitude. We are accountable for the fact we act as if we are under God's authority or not. We we are accountable for giving the Lord attention. We are accountable for being able to care for others because we are aware of our own inheritance. At, At some point, we carry that. At some point, it is our responsibility to live in the workplace and to live out this verse on mission of where God wants us. I want to conclude with this verse from First Corinthians and chapter ten. First Corinthians chapter ten says, what so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. You hear that? Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, wherever you work, whatever occupation you have, Whatever you do, you're doing everything for the glory of God. He goes on to say, Do not cause anyone to stumble, Jews, Greeks, church, even as I try to please everybody in every way, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they might be saved. Now, Paul gives us that verse at the end of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, he gives us that to put us in context of why we are where we are. Whatever we're doing, wherever he has placed us, the purpose of our being there is so that we live out Christ, that we live out Christ. All that's happening in our lives, which then allows us to back up and say, I am accountable. I've got to see what I'm doing. I've got to recognize. And, and I, don't, I don't want to just put this in the workplace, though that's our focus today, but it happens all around us. It happens when you go shopping. It happens when you, when you live in the neighborhood, wherever you are. It is the whole point then of this First Corinthians passage that comes out of the Colossians. Paul speaking in both of those. The whole point is God has placed us there. God is at work in our lives. God is doing the work around us. And if that is our foundation, if we believe that, and we're doing the work in the place that God has put us, the purpose behind all that is so. We're doing those things to glorify and honor God And lift up the name of Christ, who says, if you lift up me, I will draw people to myself. Lifting up the name of Christ, as he tells us here in this last verse of chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, for I'm not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they might be saved. Now, you know people where you work. You know people that you come in contact with every day who are not followers of Christ. You know students who are in class with you. You know teachers who are around you. Uh, Sometimes, instead of saying things about them or doing things, it may well be that we need to be praying for them in a great way. That person who works beside you in the office, the same way. Instead of getting frustrated with them, and we know that's going to happen, we begin to back up a little and say, no, I need to pray. I need to pray how God will use me in their life so that they, they might hear the gospel and come to Christ. So really, the question today would be for you, In all that we do, everything about your life, how do you give glory to God so that where you're working and where you're going to school and where you live and where you shop and the things around you, but really in the workspace that you're in, how does your life so glorify the Lord that those around you might see the good works in you and listen to you as you share about Christ? They're all around us, men, women, teenagers who need to hear the gospel. How are they going to hear it? They're going to hear it as we speak it and as we show it by how God has placed us there so that by what we do, others might be saved. Would you bow your head with me right now? I'm going to ask you to think about a person around you, a person at work, just one person. A person in the workspace that you're in, a person in the class that you're in, a person in your neighborhood, a person that you see on a regular basis who are not a follower of Christ. That one person. Ask the Father just to show you that one person.